0: Uh, Well, what a great morning. Sense of the presence of the Lord. Um, Just great stories of God's faithfulness and goodness to us. How many are glad that you're a child of God? Uh, And, you know, God's not finished yet. This morning I want to pick up on the theme that we started last week, which is the theme of harvest. And this morning I want to talk about prophecy, Pentecost, and harvest, because it's Pentecost Day today, yeah? And so we're going to have a look at that. And what I want to do. if I was to give it a tagline, I would give the tagline to this talk, A Precursor to Vision Sunday. So what I want you to do is remember everything I say this morning in two weeks' time. Now, you're all intelligent people. You'll be able to do this. There's no problem whatsoever, because if I was to ask you what was preached two weeks ago, you'd be... Never mind. Let's not go there. But what I want to do is remind us of some things that God has spoken over us as a church recently. And also to share some things with you that probably you've not heard uh, that God has been saying just um, recently as well. And if you were around at the end of January, I did a talk called Heaven Touching Earth. Anybody remember vaguely? Go and give me a bit of encouragement. Um, and I shared one or two things that uh, had been shared with us over the previous few months. And one of the things, I'll share a couple of them again, but I won't obviously do the whole talk again, but... Um, A friend of uh, Ty and Alex's was visiting around this time last year. She was in the service on a Sunday morning, and at the end of the service, Alex came up to me and said, my friend, just sent something in the worship. Can she come and share it with you? And I said, yeah, that's great. So she came and she said, you know, it's when we had the the damage to the ceiling. You remember when a whole chunk of plaster had come off? We had about 25% of the room sectioned off. And she said in the worship, I just sensed that what goes to, what's happened in the natural, i.e. there's been a revealing of things that you normally wouldn't see, is gonna happen in the spiritual. And there's something of an open heaven coming for you guys. And she said, I saw something like Jacob's ladder where angels were descending and ascending on this ladder. They were descending with the blessing of God. I thought, this sounds great. And they're ascending with the praise of God's people. And then she said, So pray what you want, you can have it. And I'm thinking, well, what a responsibility. My mind went immediately to Solomon, you know, when he was asked by God, what do you want? And he said, Lord, I need some wisdom, you know. And I I just sensed that at that time. God, give us wisdom to do what we can do, but know how to handle what you're wanting to do and how those two things marry up. So that was uh, back in the the sort of middle of last year. And then... uh, I shared on that last Sunday of January about a guy who was visiting uh, over from Germany. He's got a friend uh, here in the congregation. He was sat in the church uh, one Sunday morning at the end of the service. Uh, Tony, who uh, was at the back, he came up and he said, can my friend just come and share something with you? He sent something into worship. And on that day, we'd had a prayer team. As worship was going on, people were being prayed for. And he came up to me and he said... Uh, He said, as that prayer team was praying, I saw angels over the top of the prayer team. I went, wow. He said, no, 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 that's not all. He said, in that corner is a massive, great big angel. I just saw a massive angel in the corner. Wow. Well, on the Monday of that week, having heard that on the Sunday, I came in here. There was nobody here. I stood in that corner for half an hour. I I did not see an angel. Anybody want an update on angels? Now, we don't worship angels, but I think they're indicators. Um, So a few, a couple of months ago now, I may have told some of you this, so bear with me if you have heard it, but some of you may not have. The end of a service, Sunday morning service, again, all these things are happening at the end of a Sunday morning service, so get ready, who knows what God's going to do today. So I'm stood here at the end of the service chatting with somebody, we're just stood here. And the kids had come back from kids' church and one of the young lads had come and he stood here and he's looking at me like this. And I'm chatting away with this person and I'm thinking... Anyway, conversation finishes. I said, hi, are you okay? Joy told me I've got to come and tell you. Joy, if you don't know, heads up our kids' work. I said, okay, what what have you got to tell me? He said, well... You know when we had those baptisms on that Sunday? I said, yeah. He said, well, I looked up in the balcony and I saw a big angel. God's got my attention. About six weeks ago, I was doing something that wasn't very spiritual. It wasn't a Sunday morning after the service. I was at home. I was watching TV. I am human, by the way. For those of you who are just wondering, this super spiritual guy who gets up here every now and again. You know, we have a TV in our house. We watch reasonably good programs, arguably. And we're watching this program, myself and Anne-Marie, and, and it wasn't a farming program, but midway through the program, there was a, a, an item on it about oilseed rape. And I'd been, around six weeks ago, I'd been traveling quite a bit around um, Lincolnshire, on behalf of the ground level network that we're part of. And there were fields and fields and fields of oilseed rape. Those of you who travel, you know, Rich and some of you guys who travel traveling every day back and forth, Liz, uh, to places like Lincoln, you'd see it back there about six weeks ago. So it was in my mind anyway. So this article comes on and they're interviewing this farmer. And this farmer says, Oh, yeah, oilseed rape, it's like a booming business in the UK right now. And he says, What we do, we plant it before winter. And he said, it starts to establish a few roots before winter, and it grows three or four inches, and that's it. It stops. It doesn't look like it's doing anything. But he said, it's hardy enough to withstand the winter weather that we get in the UK. And they said, nothing happens. Winter comes and goes. And he said, you get to March, and in four weeks, it goes bang, and it grows three or four feet. And bursts into this bright yellow Uh, flower at the top. And as I was watching that TV programme, listening to that, I thought, how much have we done stuff, invested in things, got involved in things in the in the with a heart to see people come to Christ. You know, social action things, you know, some of the things that that you do at Rock at Pam and, and some of the things like CAP and those sort of things. And it's like it's like nothing seems to happen. But you've been selling And all of a sudden, bam. I tell you what, we're on a bam moment. I tell you why, because Ellen, where are you? She was saying yesterday that we've got five clients, CAP clients, who are beginning to engage with Alpha. We've never had five on one time. We've got people who are in the church because, not Alpha, sorry, because of CAP. Yeah, yeah, they're coming to the Alpha course. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying. I'm just really excited about it. And it's like all of a sudden, bang, something's happened. Last week, Mark was reminding us of a prophetic word that Jared Cooper came. Jared's based up in Hull. And he gave uh, for the nation. And I'll just read one phrase out of it because it was quite a long prophetic word. But he said this, listen to this, where many have dug ditches creating channels of influence into communities over the years through social action and have become disappointed at the kingdom results, doing it for years but becoming disappointed at the kingdom results, they will realize they have been digging for such a time as this. It's now, something's happening now. I had a prophetic word emailed to me at the beginning of last month, beginning of May. So I get this email, and the scripture in it was Joel 3.13, where it says, Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, trample the grapes, for the winepress is full, the vats overflow. It's like, now. Not the harvest is coming, but it's now. And in this... um, Email, This prophetic word that was emailed to me. It's from somebody from outside the area, not part of this church, but know the church. They had three headings within the email. One was revelation, one was interpretation, and one was application. The revelation was this. They saw the image of a farmer walking through high-grained, high grains, high uh, wheat, and it was high as the person. And it's golden, and it's ready to be harvested. But the farmer was only one man. And he needed many hands to help. And the email, the interpretation they sent was the harvest represents the people of northeast Lincolnshire who are ready to come into the kingdom of God. The farmer represents the church, but the church needs many hands to bring in this vast harvest. Huh? Application. They write this, the church needs to be inspired to realize that they can majorly grow and see lots of people becoming Christians. The challenge is for more people to step up and serve in the vast harvest. If they can serve, they can bring in the harvest and see people saved. Such a time like this. And then they gave a little bit more detail to that application. And they suggested, and I'll leave this with you, service looks different for different people. Service can be making coffee, it can be cleaning up, it can be managing the PA desk, it could be some of the simple and practical things that are involved in making people feel welcome when they're brought in. How many of you know when they go and reap in the harvest, that's not the end of the job? They've got to process the harvest, something's got to be done with it to bring it to our tables. It's a whole load of stuff. And I had the opportunity to speak to the person who'd sent this email. And I spoke to them face to face, and they said this. He said, I've got a real sense that there's an open heaven over northeast Lincolnshire. Right. Beginning, that was the beginning of last month. 14th of last month, Tuesday. A number of us were at a ground-level leaders' day uh, over in Lincoln, and we had a guest speaker a guy guy called Clive Urquhart. Some of you may recognize that surname. Uh, His father was Colin Urquhart. He uh, headed up the Kingdom Faith Network of Churches. But Clive said this. He said, this was a statement he made. As as the church in the UK, we are living in unprecedented times. When something's unprecedented, it means it hasn't been like this before. Because if it has, there's been a precedent for it. Yeah, we're living in unprecedented times. And he elaborated that a little bit. He said just a few weeks before, he'd been down in London, and he'd met with 20 church leaders, national denomination leaders, 20 of them. And he said, we were sat in this room, and we were in a circle. And he said, every one of them, we went around the circle, and everyone was asked, could you say what is happening in your scene and what you sense God is saying? So they go around the circle, and Clive said every one of them described the same thing. They use different language. They use different ways. But God is up to something. There's something shifting in the nation, and there's something of an open heaven. So what we're sensing here is happening around the nation. And one of the guys, and I love the way he he phrased it. He said, one of the guys, uh, talking about this, he said this. He said, for years, I've lived with two things just around the corner. Number one is the spa shop. Spa shop just around the corner. He said, the other thing was a revival. It's just around the corner. Revival's just around the corner. And he said, every time I went around the corner, I found the spa shop, but I didn't find revival. He said, I've been in ministry 30 years. And that's been the case. But, he said, something's different now. Something's happening in our nation, folks. These are national, denominational church leaders. God is up to something. Myself and Anne-Marie had the privilege on Monday and Tuesday of this last week of being in a group of church leaders, and the groupings called PFI, Partners for Influence. And again, some people who lead some very significant churches in the nation and some uh, large Christian organizations. So for example, John Kirkby was their head of CAP. And there were about 28 of us in this room on Monday and then into Tuesday. And uh, various ones were sharing over those two days. And then on Tuesday, there was a time of prayer for one another and encouragement of one another. And we broke into little groups. And one of the uh, folk there said, "Um, I really believe I've got a word for City Church in Grimsby. Okay. How how many of you like that when somebody comes up to you and says, I really believe I've got and it's people of you know significance in terms of responsibility in the church of God. So I'm listening. And they know a little bit about us. And they knew a little bit about Pete and Alex's story. And I'll tell you what they said. They said Pete and Alex are a bit of a picture of what God was going to do in City Church. Pete and Alex received a wonderful blessing, and I'm I'm reading now this. They received the wonderful blessing, the gift of a little baby boy. A little boy. He wasn't quite a baby, was he? They had been preparing for one, but suddenly there were two, and they were blessed again with the gift of a little girl. And they said this was... Something unexpected when they started, when Peter and Alex started the process. And if you want to know the back story, you'll have to talk to them. But they said this, as a church, in a number of areas, you have historically been preparing for one. You've begun to see the outworking of the gift of God in those areas. But God says, I'm going to gift you again. It's going to be double what you've been preparing for. It's, been, it's going to be double what you've been expecting in faith. Huh. What does that mean? I have no idea. I sort of sound, like the sound of it, but I'm a bit, whoa, whoa about it. When Mark was speaking last week on, on the book of Ruth and the character of Ruth, he highlighted one particular element, which was that when Ruth went gleaning in the fields... Getting those little bits of harvest that she was hoping for. Actually, she got far more than she expected. And we heard that on Sunday last week, and we heard that again on Tuesday of this week. Fast forward yesterday, we got 35 or so people out on the streets praying, folk from here, City Church, and some from CCSM, the Celebrates Supernatural School of Ministry, based over in Bradford. And they were here yesterday. They gathered here, prayed together, and then went out on the streets. But before they went, one of them shared a word with us for the church and said, there's a new sound coming from this church with an increasing momentum over the coming months. Mike, you said exactly the same thing, was it, the last encounter night we had? So be encouraged. There's a new sound coming with increased momentum. At the end of that day yesterday when they'd been out praying and we'd all gone to Papa's for lunch. Well, it was mid-afternoon by the time we had it. Post that, we were bringing the two leaders back to pick their car up here. And one of them said this, you know, I really believe that in a sense Grimsby has for years been seen as a place at the end of the line. That changes, that is changing. And things are going to start here that are going to go from here. Fires are going to start here that are going to go from here. Things are going to ripple out from here. And it resonated with me because Chris Bowater, many years ago, in the ice house on the top floor, this is years ago, said there's going to be an epicenter of a wave hit this area, and it's going to go out from here to the East Midland region. So I get a bit excited about that. Does anybody else hear this stuff? Right, turn to Acts chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 1. And read the prophecy of Jesus to his disciples. Verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. This is after he'd risen from the dead, before he ascended to heaven. He gives them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Prophetic promise from Jesus to his disciples. Read through that chapter. Jesus ascends to heaven. Go to chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, there's a suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So we have prophecy, the prophecy of Jesus, and then we have Pentecost that empowering of the Holy Spirit to work out the mission that Jesus had called his disciples to do. Go to verse 5. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven, and when they heard this sound, this speaking in tongues as we determine it now, they were bewildered because each one of them heard their own language being spoken and they were speaking the praises of God in loads of different languages this group of disciples who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit go to 14 verse 14 Peter begins to address the crowd it says verse 14 that he stood up with the 11 raised his voice and addressed the crowd He said, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So now Peter is not only linking it with the prophecy of Jesus, he's linking it with ancient prophecy. I love it when something comes prophetically to us, And it endorses something that's been said years ago. And that thing that was said years ago hasn't yet come to fulfillment. Because I often find when it's said again some years later, watch out because something's about to break. Peter goes on to explain something more to this gathered crowd. He goes on for 20 verses. We won't read it. But verse 37, listen to this. He said, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you and your children and all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord will call. And with many other words, it says, He warned them. And he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And then it says, verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Wow, what a day. What a day in the life of the church. Well, it could have been the birthday of the church. Some people would categorize it. What a harvest. Prophecy. Pentecost. Harvest. Harvest. Perhaps the musicians will come back. I'm going to wrap this up. You know, as a church, we've heard some amazing prophetic words, some great prophetic words, yeah? I've just iterated some of those this morning. We could go through a back catalogue. We could be here for a number of hours reminding ourselves what God has said. So we've got these great prophetic words as a church. But as a church, how many of you know we're going to need a Pentecost if we're going to see a harvest, Because I need, and I submit that you need, the empowering of the Holy Spirit to do the purpose of God, which is bringing this harvest in northeast Lincolnshire and beyond. We've got some great prophetic words, but we're going to need a Pentecost if we're going to see a harvest. And that's as a church. And as Claire Nelson said the other week when she was with us from Compassion, For a long time, I thought the church was somebody else. Just turn to the person next to you and say, the church isn't somebody else. The church is not somebody else. How many of you are glad that you're part of a church that's got some incredible blessing and favor upon it and prophetic promises for what is yet to come? And We want to tap into all that and... I just wonder, is there anybody here who wants to be right in the middle of that? If you're up for it, why don't you stand? We're going to pray. Because we need, I need, the empowering of God's Spirit on a regular basis. See, Pentecost for me isn't a one-off moment. Yeah, I can look back and say in 1979, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Fantastic. and Absolutely amazing. But there are key markers through my journey and walk with God where I've been impacted by the Holy Spirit again, encouraged again, strengthened again, empowered again to be all that God wants me to be. And I'm still on a journey. I'm not there yet. But God, in his grace and mercy, takes us on. And the song that we sang, I think it was the second song that we sang this morning, the words said, You said, if we ask, we'll receive. Is anybody up for receiving something more of the Holy Spirit's empowering in their life this morning? So that the prophecy doesn't stick with prophecy. It moves into a Pentecost movement that reaches out in a harvest embrace. Yeah. Hmm. Let's pray. Father, what an amazing privilege we have of being called your children. That we're known as children of the living God. And life comes by your Spirit, and life comes to us as we open our hearts to you. And we ask that across this room today, as we open our hearts, as we respond to prophetically things that you've spoken to us, you've encouraged us with over recent months, never mind years, Lord, we just want to be right in the very center of your purposes so that we can see all that you have our heart to do fulfilled in our day and generation. So, Lord, we open our hearts to you right now. And we ask you to come by your Holy Spirit and fill us and refresh us and encourage us, strengthen us and empower us again for all that you have on your agenda. Lord, as Tom said earlier, we do not want to do things for the sake of doing them. We don't want to do things because it's our idea. We want to be right in the center of your will and purpose. And Lord, we come and we embrace the promises that you've spoken over us. So Lord, everyone across this room, I pray, Lord, as hearts are open to you, that Lord, that they would receive. And I felt this morning to say as well that I think an action. I think there's sometimes, sometimes something about an action. Taking a step, making a move physically that endorses something in a spiritual realm. And I'm going to say this. If you this morning are saying, I want to respond to this. I want to be right in the center of God's purposes. I want to know the empowering afresh of God's Holy Spirit. I want you to move. Right now, you can either come and stand down the front, go and stand in an aisle, go and stand in the back somewhere, but just move, just move a few steps as an indicator to the Lord that I am right for this, Lord. I want to be right in the center of what you're doing. I want to just be open-hearted to your Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill me afresh, fill me anew, that what you do in this room will, as it did on that day of Pentecost, spill out onto the streets, spill out into our neighbourhoods, into our homes, into our workplaces, into our colleges and schools, Lord, into our communities. Will you do something right here, right now, by the power of your Spirit, that will breathe on us afresh the breath of God, that will transform our thinking our mindset, and empower us for all that you have for us. Amen?